Hey guys, and welcome back to Succeed Intentionally with me, Monique Davis. I am so, I'm just feeling fabulous. That's the best way to, (laughs) I'm feeling fabulous because today is, first of all, it's a good day because I'm breathing and I'm living and all that good stuff, but today is the love day. Today is the day of love, right? You're supposed to like show your love to those who you love so um well that's what valentine's day is about for me anyways um but um, i'm feeling pretty fabulous today and i hope you guys are as well i'm also pretty excited about the fact that we have completed every last one of our seven powers of intentional success yay we've laid out the foundation and now it's only up from here it's only up So, of course, for those who are just joining us who may not be a part of the the first uh, rounders of Succeed Intentionally, there were seven powers that I wanted to highlight and I wanted to focus on before we really dived into Succeeding Intentionally. Um, And those are my seven powers of intentional success. One, being self-care. Two, being home care. Three, being collaborations. Four, being business and professional. Five, being influence. Six, being finance. And seven, being belief. A lot of people, when I talk to them about my seven powers, they're like, well, where's family? Family is in home. That's the home. That's where your heart is, right? Home has so many different uh, definitions. It's not just one thing or or another home is pretty much one of those uh, types of words that you can pretty pretty much kind of give it the definition that feels true to you, right? So, as a success coach, um, I help clients craft strategies to achieve what they define as success. And one thing I've learned, and I think I continue to learn is that everybody's idea of success is so different. You know, you have some people who are on the level of, you know what, I just want to make at least $5,000 a month. And then there's other people that that ship has sailed. They're like, I just want to make at least 20000 in one month. And so the type of coaching, the type of, speaking, the type of everything is totally different. Like their values are different. It's just like how, you know, it's just like speaking to someone on a certain level that's beyond their pay grade (laughs) can be detrimental, right? Because it's too much too fast. And that's why why I believe even in the word of God, he says little by little, little, you know, Um, He gives it to us in portions. Even when we get things from heavenly downloads from him, they're not always everything, right? It's little by little. And so I guess that brings us to the topic. (laughs) Um, So the topic today is just basically about how to reach your goals in business and I don't have a guest today. It's just little old me. I know you guys have been used to me adding guests on as of late. But today I just wanted to do a little chat with you all, a little chit chat, and uh, give you guys some pointers. So first and foremost, 
if you're if you have a business if you're aspiring to be a business owner if you're even in, in professional um uh, the professional arena if you're someone who's saying you know what I don't have a business but I feel like my profession is my business too like I take it serious as if it was my own business I call those people employeepreneurs right they have their employee as, as a title but they have an entrepreneur's mindset and they take hold to the company's vision they take it serious and all of that good stuff normally those are individuals that are in leadership or individuals who are in some type of business development something to do with the branding of of the business. So anywho, I believe the first and the first and foremost thing is defining your metrics and understanding what you want to do. You know, so my first thing for you is to create a goal. If you have a business, I don't so I get so many people say I just want to help people. I just want to do this or I just want and it's so generic. I guarantee you, if you put a goal behind that general thought of what you want to do, you'll receive something from it. So you can write down this, you can record, you know, well, you don't have to record it, it's already recorded. You can (laughs) save this podcast for future references, whatever you want to do. But I wanted to pour out to you from a business um, standpoint to help you um, in, in terms of just reaching your goal. So the first thing is finding your number. What's your number? Do you want to reach 10,000? You know, so, you know, you start off your vision and you always write it down. I believe in the verse that says, write your vision and make it plain. So you write your goals down to reach my goal of 10,000 in monthly sales. Okay. What's the date? What, what, what date is it? I think a date is important because it's just, it's so aligned with writing the vision and making it plain. It's putting a date on it. When I left corporate America, I knew I was leaving corporate America when I was first hired for the position that I was hired in. <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? This is a setup. <laughs> this is an absolute setup. And um, and that was in 2000. I don't know when that was. Um, but in 2016 is when I got serious about it. In 2016 um, is when I started to fast and I started, started to pray and um I remember hearing from God months and months and months before I even gave my date. And I remember giving my date, it was June 28th, 2018. And I said, that's the date. And that's when I left. And it was the most liberating, the most gratifying thing that I had ever really accomplished in my life. I had saved up the money that I thought would be required. Of course, there's never enough money. (laughs) But I saved up the amount that I thought would be required, right? And I pursued it. And thank God I have not had to turn around. I have not had to go into back into the corporate arena. Um, If anything, maybe they may have wanted to hire me for consulting and things like that. And even then, I have to be really um, selective about it. So what am I saying all of this for? To reach your goal of $10,000, you got to get a date. $5,000. Let's say your goal is $2,000. Let's say you're a part-timer and you're saying like, you know what? I do part-time this and part-time that. Whatever it is, we're going to get it together for you, okay? 
So to reach your goal of $10,000 in monthly sales by April 15th, 2019, what will you need to acquire in the amount of clients? That means you have to know the value of each of your clients. Um, you know, the value of your clients has a lot to do with the value of, of you and how you see yourself. And I guess I'm mostly speaking to individuals that have services or consulting or agencies because the world of Fiverr <laughs> and the different freelancing apps or, or platforms have really kind of muddled the worth that we get for what we do. And I really am speaking to individuals who do who build in content, who do any service provider, any type of service. These platforms have really tricked us. <laughs> um, and I feel like when I say trick, I mean like they've tricked us to be competitive with lowballing ourselves right? You see someone on Fiverr offering something for 20 bucks and you know for a fact <laughs> that it's number one, not going to be in excellence. It's, you know, and even if it is okay, it's the fact that now you feel like you have to do it. You have to compete with these people because of what they're putting out. And I really believe that you don't have to. I spent a big bulk of my uh, first year of full entrepreneurship because I was always a part-time entrepreneur and a part-time um, uh, or part-time full-time <laughs> corporate uh, professional but and mommy and wife right at all those those diff- different things and those elements equal multiple jobs I got six jobs I, I don't get tired but that's a lot because I did get tired <laughs> so I decided to let go of one which was the corporate but um, you know, even, even with all of that being said, I guess you just have to get to a place where you understand your worth, whatever environment you're in, corporate, professional, or business, small business, entrepreneurship, or sole proprietorship, whatever it is. And you can't look at your competition. You have to realize that the only competition to you is you. Yes, you have competitors in the same marketplace, but you only have you. There's only one you. So before you finish that statement of of us, we're, we're creating our goals, right? Before you even finish that statement of the value of your client, let's take a look and assess it. What is, what's the trend right now for your current price? Like, for instance, if you're a... Um, let's say you're, oh, a uh, personal fitness guru. And you've seen time after time, so many people lowball. But the top people are charging like what they're worth. And you're lowballing with your local market. <laughs> Let me tell you something about that. If you give top dollar service, if you give like high ticket 
service, if your systems are in order and your customer service is on point, and when they leave, customers I'm talking about, clients, when they leave from being with you or dealing with you or utilizing your service, they feel different, they are different, then it's time for you to revisit your price point. It's time for you to get out the bubble <laughs> of being, oh, well, they, well, you know, this coach or this uh, fitness guru or, you know, this uh, cupcake provider only charges this. But I've noticed at the top people, which, which, which is what my product more aligns with, what my services more align with, they're charging X, Y, Z. So what does that say? That says that you're looking into the wrong area. You're looking back instead of looking forward. How many people can drive looking backwards? How many people can walk looking backwards? I know I can't. <laughs> so forget drive. But let me tell you something. And this is good. This is going to bless you. Those same people, and I have seen it time again for myself. I've seen it for my mentors, my colleagues, everybody. But those same people that you're like trying to give discounts for, or you're trying to like lowball your price for, they will pay the multiple hundreds of dollars for a service exactly like yours, but with a different name on it of someone who valued their product, who valued their pricing. <laughs> it never fails. Mm. So, if I could just leave that tidbit with you, if that jewel drops in your spirit, that can change your whole life. Like, wait a minute. I know that my clothing is the bomb. Like, I'm talking to a fashionista person who owns, like, a fashion store, a clothing store. My clothes are bomb.com and can easily compete with all of these other places. But you're telling me that you're going to go to this bootleg Instagram models page who doesn't even like fashion or whatever and... She's charging $80 or $100 for just one shirt or one pair of pants or whatever. And I'm sitting here charging $30 because I want to fit your budget. Mm. There's something wrong there. What happens when you charge the right number? You start to get the right people. If they don't come to you, if they reject you, if <laughs> bottom line, they're not your customer. <laughs> If they don't like your pricing, if they reject what, you're, what you have to offer, then they were not meant for you. They're not your ideal client. Which brings us to the ideal client part of it, right? You have to understand who your client is in order to even generate a message. Because if you come to me and you're saying, you know, I just want to stand up for white women and I want to make sure white women are getting the, 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 the respect that they're due and I want to make sure these clothes really fit the white woman the way that that, that she wants to fit you're going to be like if you were a black woman that's pretty curvy like myself you're going to be like well I don't think that they're talking to me <laughs> I don't I don't think that that clothing or that 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 particular fashion line is for me you know and I'm not trying to do color here because everybody knows. Anyone who knows me knows that I am, well, I see color, but I don't dwell on it. Color is color. 
but I'm giving an example, an extreme example, so you guys really understand what I'm saying here. Your message has to cater to your ideal client. And when I say ideal client, that doesn't mean that you exclude anyone else, right? It doesn't mean that you exclude other races or other people, other sizes or shapes, you know, shapes and things like that. But what it's saying is that your message specifically and particularly speaks to whoever. And in order for us to value our client, we have to first know it, know him, know her, know them. I talk about before I spoke about um, in one of the podcasts, I think I was interviewing who was I interviewing? I think it was Daniel Joseph, um, the minister who's also in the marketplace. And I was saying, you know, you know, when you when you sell, um, let's say you sell uh, a flashlight. When you sell a flashlight, you don't talk about how pretty the flashlight is. You don't say, oh, this is like the prettiest flashlight you'll ever see. You are selling what the flashlight can do. You're selling the outcome. You're selling what can happen if the person who is your target audience doesn't have a flashlight. If your flashlight belongs on a keychain, you're selling the fact that you're walking in an alley and you're literally, um, you can't see the door and there's someone behind you and you can't even see the door to open up your car door or to even see where your car is because the, all the lights are, are, are off and it's dark. And how do you get to your destination without this handy flashlight, you know? <laughs> but you sell the outcome of not having it and what it can produce. And it's the same for your message. It's the same for your products. It's the same for your services. So when you have that outcome message, you know who you're talking to. You know, that flashlight provider may be only speaking to single women with no kids and no husband. That could be a part of the demographics, right? Because there's several different segmentations that you want to put people in. There's demographics, which is like age and occupation and um, familial status and all all of that stuff. And then there's geographic, um, which is dealing heavily in um, the, the zip code or the, the population of where they're from because that makes a difference. So many people sleep on small towns because <laughs> they're like, oh, it's only a population of you know this amount of people. We need a bigger city with more people. No, really, you need a small city. If you have a service that's unique and that you notice in that zip code, it's not, in, it's not there. Do a pop-up shop there. You could do a pop-up nowadays with almost any product, any service. Clothing is it was, was always the number one pop-up thing, but now it could be anything. It could be fruit drinks, it could be smoothies, it could be workout stuff. You, it, I mean, what if you went to a thinking? I'm thinking. Oh, what if you went to a a, a, a retail provider and you partner with them and you say, you know what? that you guys sell a lot of workout clothes or maybe you don't sell enough let me have one on loan on borrow (laughs) and I'm gonna bring a workout 
shop kind of thing in the middle of the floor for all the customers that are coming in. And they're going to ask, where did that work out? Where where'd you get that from? Well, it's right here on Owl, you know, 6. Or, well, retail stores normally don't have Owl 6, but you guys get what I'm saying. And so you collaborate. And I know this video, or excuse me, this podcast is not about collaboration, but that's what business is about. It's about business and professionals. But collaborate. Go look in the, into the, the, to, to that particular area or that population and do something that's never been done before. Be the first. Okay. So we, t- we talked about the demographics. Um, 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 we talked about geography, like the, where the person is located and, and the zip code, area codes, and, and small town populations, all that stuff. And the other piece um, of customer segmentation is psychographics. And... Here's the thing. Um, so, psychographics just came. And, and let me let me rephrase my 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 thought process. Okay, it didn't just come about, but it kind of just came about. <laughs> so, with psychographics, that was not something people really based segment segmentation on. Typically, segmentation was like demographics, and that's it. Your gender, your age, your occupation, your marital status, your income. But psychographics came because of social media. Um, Individuals started to kind of share who they are, who they really are, versus just, if I just see someone's age and gender, that's cool. But if you're a, and, and race, but if you're a black woman under the age of 40 who's been a widow and I have a product for you, I'm streamlining to a certain personality, a certain person, a, they have certain interests, they may be part a part of certain types of groups, they even may have a certain uh, persona or attitude that's different than a person who may not have, have um, experienced something like that. Do you guys understand where I'm going with this? So psychographic is based on your personal like traits, your attitude, your your values, your interests, all that good stuff. And it's really important to know that. And the way that you know that is listening. If you look at the individuals that are in your timeline, if you look at the individuals that are following you or the people that you like to follow, I'm so sure that you're going to find <laughs> your ideal client, your ideal customer, and you're going to be able to say, oh, well, this person really, really, really values church, like a lot. So maybe there's more people like her if I target like churches. Who knows? Who knows? It's all about trying out. That's what the customer segmentation is about. You're trying out different things and you're figuring out who your ideal customer is and you're making your messages and your emails and your Instagram posts and your Facebook posts and your signage all to cater to those types of people, okay? So then there's another segmentation called behavioral segmentation, and that's really based on actions or inactions of people, like what their, what their behavior, like what, what their behavior is, like what they're doing. Like for instance, their spending or their like consumption habit. Like what are they spending money on nowadays? Like what are they what what are they posting on their Instagram of the new shoes that they bought or you know what I mean? Like what are they doing that's different? What are they doing? Um what else? Um 
you think about oh yeah 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 I'm thinking about even average the average of um, their orders like your current clientele or the people who are already patronizing your business they have a certain segmentation too and individuals who have an average order total of 50 (laughs) may be a little different than the person who goes and spends like $300 at your place drops $300 so that's behavioral segmentation that information is important because the message that you would relay to the person who's big spending may be different than the person who's not you may even want to give more discounts to the person who's big spending and the person who's not you may only give them like a 10% off like hey here's a 10% off if you come back now blah 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 but if it's a big spender, you may say, you know what? You have given a lot of business to me. Uh, I want to get I want to get you a part of our membership program. I want to add you to our referral program because we know you love the product. You get what I'm saying here? How segmentation can help with the message? So <clears throat> I was um, doing my research. Oh, there I go with that smacking again. You guys, I'm so sorry. Um, but there was a, me- there was a, um, what was it called? Oh, goodness. Pansy Maiden. It's a small e-commerce um, that sells handbags and accessories. And that was their niche. Like, that was their thing. And then they decided, you know what? We should make our handbags and our accessories vegan. PETA-approved vegan. <laughs> what do you think happened? Do you think the people who aren't vegan, do you think the people who don't care about those social issues stopped immediately? Like, oh, they're just getting out of hand. I'm not going to be a part of this. (laughs) No, they did not. They did not. As a matter of fact, their sales went through the roof. They developed or revised their original idea to target a highly specific type of person, clientele, consumer, customer. So it's all about adjusting your current brand. If you want to reach certain goals, I really believe that you have to be speaking (laughs) to a certain person, you know, and you can even have campaigns. You don't necessarily just have to, to have one single person you speak to and that's it. No, of course not. That's like not even realistic. Think about a campaign or like an adjustment that you can do within your current brand to cater to a sharper niche based on the customer segmentations that we just talked about. What if you had a single lady Saturday special? You know? What, if, what about, uh, you know, mommy's night out? What about if... <laughs> What if you had like a a competition of some sort about Mac versus PC? You know, that's always been like this really weird competition. Joy versus iPhone. You know, if you come in with an iPhone, you get 10% off. If you come come with a Joy, you owe me $10. I mean, I don't know. I'm just joking. (laughs) But seriously, do something fun. That matches your 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 competition. You know, I did my research on um, 
I'm sorry, not matches your competition. Do something fun that matches your consumer audience. But I did something the other day. I was doing research. And I'm a data girl, data, however you want to call it. I love data. Um, I think data is important. I think data is the way that you get your metrics, you get your goals, and you understand your audience and you understand, um, you know, what's required of you as far as how many clients you need to get at a total of this in order to get that. You know, I'm really all about that. And I was looking at my podcast, right? And by the way, I almost, I'm, I'm almost at 500 plays. Woohoo! So thank you guys for listening in. I really appreciate it. Um, but I was saying this to say, I was looking at my numbers and I was like, okay, so I, I'm at, I was at this number on this day for this podcast. And this was the subject line, okay? And then this, this, that. And then something caught my eye. It gave me the statistics, if I can say that right, the statistics of how many people listen to me on a desktop versus how many people listen to me on an iPhone versus how many people listen to me on an Android. And I noticed that a majority of individuals listen to me on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, on on Apple Podcasts, um, on the iPhone. Majority of my listeners are iPhone listeners. Now, no one knows how much I advocate for iPhone, except probably my Facebook family. But I'm an iPhone person. Like, that is me. That's that's what I, I'm, I'm probably a big advocate for them um, because of the fact that I've had both. I've had droids. I've had a PC. And by far, my MacBook just can run circles around my PC, in my opinion. And my iPhone can do the same around a droid, in my opinion, though. Now, the droid does have the best camera, camera, like the pictures. I can't, I can't deny that, but I'm okay with taking my picture and then tweaking it (laughs) in another app, okay? I'm okay with that. Um, but what does that do for me? What, what kind of ideas do you think? Let's, let's include you. Let's add you to the bunch. What types of ideas, and that can be your homework, (laughs) what types of ideas could I play with that? With the fact that I have more iPhone listeners than I have Droid listeners. What can I do? There's so many different things, right? I can offer specials to my iPhone listeners, or I can offer specials to my Droids. I can, um, you know, incorporate some type of game. You tell me. You give me some examples of what you think after listening to the conversation today that we just had. Yes, it was a very one-sided conversation. That's why I'm trying to add you into the loop. So if you have any advice, tips, or even just some feedback on what you think of the show so far, please, 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 please go to anger.fm forward slash succeed intentionally. And you'll see where it says, you know, where you can you can clap, you know, on the certain on the um, podcast. But then there's also this other cool little area where you can leave voice messages. I would love, love, love to hear back from you. I know a lot of you guys inbox me and and email me, um, but it's so much fun to hear your voices and feel like we have a conversation or something you never know I may even ask you to come on as a guest so anywho that is my time guys 
I really, really, really appreciate you. I didn't get to go over every single thing because I was like talking about so much stuff, but I really do hope it's helpful. You know, outside of being a podcast host, um, I said that really, really weird because that's how I feel when I say podcast host. Um, But besides being that, I'm also a success coach and I'm also a co-founder of a digital marketing firm. And I guess the firm would be a do-it-for-you type of firm. And the coaching that I have on my own is a do-it-yourself kind of, I can coach you to where you need to go. And so me giving you this information here is just me really wanting to pour into you and kind of give you an idea of what me and my clients talk about and some of the tips and the, and the things that I've learned in my business and in helping others with their business. And so I hope that it really resonates with you and I hope that it does something to you, to you in terms of your future. And you can tell me about that as well. Um, you may decide a different campaign after listening to me. You may say, you know what? I listened to that, Monique, and I want to reach my goal of 50000 in monthly sales by August 2019. I'll need to acquire at least 400 clients at a value of blah, blah, blah each. Okay? That's what I want to hear. Like, I want to hear those success stories because it can happen. When you believe it and when you see it, especially from a business perspective, when God honors that. When you write that stuff down and when you make that vision board and you you don't just make it, you hone into it. You think about it. You're writing strategies about it. You're seeking out help. If you're not a numbers person, if you're not a data person, then you need someone to help you coach you along to do it or, or teach you how to do it or someone to do it for you. But either way, just do it. <laughs> All right, I didn't mean to end on a Nike note, but yeah, just do it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. And I really enjoyed this every single time I'm able to to talk to you guys and just kind of let out whatever's in my mind. It's a blessing for me, but I do hope it blesses you. Remember that life fulfilled is life done intentionally. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.